0: Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the show. I am so excited about today's guest, Monica Berg. This is an episode we've been trying to plan for literal years. I think you'll probably hear me say that a lot lately because I'm finally getting my act together and booking all the guests that I've wanted to book for many, many years. And there was the era of Lyme disease and there was the era of pregnancy. And then there was, of course, my six-month hiatus for my maternity leave. And now we're back and I'm just like ready to go and I'm ready to have all of these incredible guests on the podcast. And today's guest is no exception. She's someone that I've been back and forth talking to for years. I have been a huge fan of Monica for a long time. And I've also been a huge fan of her family. Her family is huge when it comes to Kabbalah. They started the Kabbalah Center. And without them, Kabbalah would not be what it is now. Her family brought Kabbalah to women and made Kabbalah modernized and popular and really truly made it what it is today. So her books, her father-in-law's books, her mother-in-law's books, and her husband's books have been all over my house for many years. And getting to meet Monica and talk to her about Kabbalah and learn more about Kabbalah from her in this episode was such a gift. And I know that you guys will feel the exact same way. So if you're not familiar with Monica, she is an author, an international speaker, a spiritual thought leader. Her books are Fear is Not an Option and Rethink Love, and she is the host of the Spiritually Hungry podcast. She is a self-proclaimed change junkie. When we recorded that, she was even wearing a necklace that said change. And Monica is a fresh voice that channels her many years of Kabbalistic study along with personal life experiences. She helps people change their lives and really create a life that works for them. In a life that they're inspired by. We talk in this episode about her family. We talk about Kabbalah, of course, spirituality, religion, the correlations between Kabbalah and Judaism. And we honestly just became friends in this episode. So I know that you will feel that energy radiating far and wide. And I told you guys before we get into the episode that I wanted to start some kind of weekly series on the Balance Blonde intros. And I got a lot of messages about this. You guys said that you would love to hear TBB wellness tips. So why don't we just get started with a wellness tip that I am loving and I'm going to bring it back to something that has been working for me for a really long time. But I took a huge break from it and that is celery juice and the medical medium lifestyle. So if Jonathan listens to this intro, he'll be very proud of me because everyone close to me, especially Jonathan, has been trying to get me back on the medical medium lifestyle because of how much it helped me heal. All those years ago, we had Anthony Williams, the medical medium, on the podcast twice. You've got to listen if you haven't heard him on the podcast before. And when I was pregnant, I kind of introduced a lot more foods. I wasn't doing daily celery juice. I actually couldn't even take down the taste of celery when I was pregnant. And for these last seven months postpartum, I've kind of just kept that up. I have not been on my juicing train and I've not been on my medical medium healing train, but I'm back on it as of a couple days ago. I think I'm four days strong on celery juice. And it's honestly helping. If you've seen me posting about my lips on Instagram and my hives, I've had hives swelling my eyes shut for the last, um, oh my God. 10 weeks. It's been horrible. And then the lip inflammation that I've had for over a year. The only thing that has been helping me so far is diet, diet and lifestyle. And I have preached this for so long. What a huge piece of the healing journey really comes back to diet, especially for us sensitive bodies and sensitive souls. So I have to say, I don't know if this is just A correlation, or if this is just a coincidence, but my lips look a lot better today. I will post a photo on my stories so that you guys can see. And let's just hope that it maintains. But I'm going to continue to do celery juice every morning. I have my NAMA juicer, I am on it. And it honestly just feels good to return to that routine. I'm learning that routines and rituals are so important when it comes to being our best self and living in alignment with our highest self. And I was having a conversation with a friend last night, and we really came back to this very simple sentence, which is very popular right now. When we can stay on top of these routines and rituals that work for us, even when it's hard, and especially when it's hard, that's when we know that we're doing something right, because then we can be consistent with ourselves. And when we can keep promises to ourselves, I really believe that Is what distinguishes a very successful person, a person who achieves their goals, and a person who can be consistent with everything that they say they want to create in this world. So now that I'm back to working and podcasting, and I'm still being a full-time mom, which I absolutely love, and I'm working on my books and I'm working on my health. And on top of all that, trying to be just as present of a friend, a daughter. A mother, a wife, a cousin, a sister—it's a lot, and I feel like I can speak for everyone when I say that everything that we do and everything that we handle is is a lot. So if we can come back to those routines, those routines are so important. So I think I spoke in a really long-winded way about celery juice, but that is one of my daily non-negotiables. I have it before my coffee. I make it first thing in the morning. I have a lot of juicing videos on Instagram and TikTok if you want to see exactly how I make it, but it's very easy. It's just organic celery in a juicer. And that is my wellness tip of the week. If you want to hear more about the health benefits of celery juice, head to my episodes with Anthony from the medical media and let me know what you want to hear about next week because I'm so happy to have this consistent way talk about consistency to start the podcast every week. And with that, let's get into this episode with Monica Berg, who she just has this radiant energy about her. She's very motherly. She's very grounded. I know you guys will feel that in this episode. And if you're like me and you're into mysticism and Kabbalah and Judaism, then you're in the right place. Let's get into this episode. So I was speaking to Jenna last week because she's the one who really introduced me to Kabbalah and to you and your family. And I've read so many books in your family's compilation. You guys are quite impressive. God Wears Lipstick was a huge entry point for me into Kabbalah, your Mm mother-in-law. So I didn't know that. That's great. Yeah, I was just revisiting it this morning so that I could soak up that Kabbalah energy before I came to talk to you. That's great. Yeah. So what's your human design since we're talking about Jenna?
1: Well, I haven't actually, I mean, she's, it's funny because you know, when you meet people and it's kind of just a connection and you're just speaking your own unique language. So I haven't actually gone deep into the work that she does it's more like we just meet where we're at. So mm-hmm. I, I can't answer that. Well, she should read your chart while, while you guys are both in yeah, town. Yeah, I would like that. I think yeah. that when we became friends so long ago, she hadn't developed that yet mm-hmm. then. So, mm-hmm. and now... We keep missing each other, but now we're in the same location, so maybe this this trip.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd be so curious. Your human design—it's—it's it's similar. It's based off of birth time, birthplace, birthday, just like astrology. Right by and the lunar calendar. Yeah, mm-hmm. I saw that you're a Virgo. I oh, am. Yeah. Do you relate to being a Virgo?
1: It's interesting. We were talking about this a minute ago off the air, but I'm really into change, and that's the commitment. I think also the years of studying Kabbalah. Kabbalah is all about transformation, so. By my nature, absolutely. And the parts that I think still serve me, I am very much a Virgo. So I'm organized, I'm detail-oriented, I'm a hard worker, I'm consistent, I'm loyal. Like those are all the positive traits of Virgo. But then the parts of me that were not supportive, like being a perfectionist or feeling the need to be in control all the time or judging myself, right? Those are all the things that I worked really hard to transform. So I don't feel, I feel much less of a Virgo every day. And at this stage in my life, because there's been so much change for me specifically in the last two years, you know, the saying, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm like, I'm a change junkie. I wear the necklace, you know, on my neck that says change. And, but it's been so rapid that it's almost like, I'm like, wait a second. I don't even, who am I? You know, because also your chart changes. There's other influences. I have a lot of fire in my chart mm-hmm. now. So I definitely feel sometimes like a Virgo and other times not.
0: Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. So you said a lot of change in the last couple of years. What, what's what been the change?
1: You know, life is a, in a cycle, right? And you go through different rhythms. It's like every seven years, sometimes 10. And we moved to New York 10 years ago. So that was an epic change. And it's interesting about change. The way it happens, you know, you always think that you expect it to be a certain way. And You, you know, a move will be hard and you anticipate that, but it's hard in the ways you'd never imagine, you know, like I never thought about even like the kid's orthodontist or, you know, just very basic things or the doctor or where you're going to get your nails done, you know, like things that you just are automatic in your life. But that change I'm, I'm pretty good at. But in the last two years, two years ago, my mother-in-law and my mentor as she was passed away. And then my father passed a year ago. And then I also ruptured my tendon and I'm very athletic and I use my body a lot as a form of expression, but also it's my meditation when I exercise. So it was really challenging to connect to my joy while doing the work of serving people because that's what I do. And so to not have my own, I I didn't feel organized in that way. I felt so much change so rapidly, but I needed to show up in many ways for other people in my life. So I think that that, those changes were very challenging, but ultimately I feel like I've grown. And I mean, I make a joke that that's why my tendon ruptured because I'm just expanding so rapidly.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's good and true. I think like things that happen in our bodies really do speak to what's going on on a larger scale in our lives. So I would say you're probably very spot on. Okay, guys, let's talk about one of my favorite products. In the intro, you heard about the fact that I have celery juice every morning, and then I have my cold brew coffee. The third drink that I have, and I'm a beverage queen, I started the Instagram beveragey many years ago, is AG1. And I started taking AG1 because I wanted more energy and an optimized immune system. I'm not getting a ton of sleep right now with the new mom life. And this really does help me with my energy. And it also tastes really good. So, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. So, literally everything. It is lifestyle friendly. So, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, or gluten free, it will work for you. And also it's very affordable. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. So you're investing in it all in one, which I think is always really wise. I like to simplify things as much as possible. It is recommended by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss. And I'm a huge Tim Ferriss fan. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com blonde. Again, that is athleticgreens.com blonde to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Enjoy.
1: How do I ask my boss for a raise? I'm so jealous of my coworker's promotion. I just don't know what to do. Is there a good way to brag about my accomplishments? Careers are complicated and there are so many hush hush topics we're told we can't talk about. That's why you have the Career Contessa podcast. I'm your host, Laura McGoodwin, and each week I'm joined by experts to help you overcome your workplace woes with actionable advice that you can use today. Subscribe to the Career Contessa podcast and make progress in your career every Tuesday. I do. And I think also with the tendon, since you brought it up, that part of it, it's like, I, I literally could not, it's the it's the part that ruptured is the part that allows you to jump and run and dance. And it was, I was going through, like, I got a lot more responsibility in, in the leadership role. And mm-hmm. I also though, liked where I was at. I love writing. And so I was like this push pull, like, I want to go forward. I want to go back. I want, you know, and then it was just like, you're not going anywhere for a minute. You've Mm -hmm. got to figure this out. And then it just, yeah, it ruptured.
0: Oh my gosh. Our bodies speak to us so much. And when we need to have one of those seasons of reflection rather than leaping forward, that the body will tell us. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that. And I'm so sorry for the passing of your family members, because I know that that is one of the hardest things to go through. I can only imagine. And with that and the family that you're in, you did get this new leadership role. How has that been? I mean, for people who don't know, tell us the the role and you're just, yeah, such a cornerstone. My
1: husband's parents founded the Kabbalah Center. So his father passed a few years ago. And then, then my husband and his mother were running the centers together. And then when she passed, I stepped into that role. And it's interesting because I've never approached life that way. I never really had a plan and it was not really as much as I am a Virgo. I kind of fell into, I found Kabbalah when I was 17. I found my purpose. I found meaning in life. I understood cause and effect. I understood the importance of transformation. So I just allowed that to guide me. And it always did my connection to the creator. It was never like, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And So I never, I never anticipated this day, oddly enough, you know, and the one thing that I I do know for sure is that I am not a person to do things the way they've always been done just because they've been done that way. So I am walking very cautiously and carefully and every step of the way, you know, does this make sense to me? Do I think that we should do it this way? What other way can we do it? How can we do things differently? I mean, that's the idea when you start to train yourself to see things in a way that, you know, change is important and necessary and helpful, and you start to adopt a curious mindset. So I apply that now to any new thing in my life. And that is very exciting for me. That allows it to be expansive. And then I'm not focused on the stress or the pressure of the additional roles. Instead, it's like, wow, this is an opportunity to do great things. What are the great things we can do?
0: Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Very inspiring to hear. Because change is hard and stepping into those new roles, it, like you said, it kind of can pull you away from some of what your passions have been, but it also becomes a new passion in and of itself. So that's amazing. And let's just take a step back for a second for people listening who don't even know what Kabbalah is, which I'm quite certain are a lot of people out there, although this is a very spiritual audience. Can you just
1: give us the breakdown? Yes, it's a 4,000 year old ancient wisdom that basically teaches people of any race, religion, gender, ways to make meaning and purpose of their lives, even the, especially the most difficult things that happen. It's all about transformation. And it's interesting because it's not just a wisdom that you study. It's one to be experienced. And therefore each person's dance with it or understanding of it will be different, right? So if you just study the wisdom and it's a a heady exploration and that's great, you'll learn a lot of things. But if you really apply the things that you learn, it, it has the ability to make meaning and purpose of every single thing in your life. And that's comforting. And that leaves you with a sense of certainty and joy. You know, one that's not The highs and the lows, not part of the chaotic universe and worry and doubt. It's not part of that world. In Kabbalah, we teach that there's the 1% realm and there's the 99% realm. So the 1% realm is everything that we see, hear, touch, smell, and we can be fooled by those senses, right? I mean... I wrote a book about love and relationships. And that happens a lot when you're looking for a partner, you know, you're attracted and, or you like how they live or they like the way they make you feel. And of course, all the things are important and they have a place, but more importantly, you want to look past that, you know, what is their purpose in this life? What can you do in the world together? Uh, You know, things that are rooted in kindness and empathy and transformation and growth, the things that will last a lifetime. So it's about really living more in the 99% realm and experiencing life from that part of yourself, from that soul aspect that we all have.
0: Okay, let's talk about my favorite, longtime favorite brand, Go Macro. You guys know how I feel about Go Macro. They have new flavors, they are killing it, and I'm just such a fan all around. So, a couple things that I love about Go Macro they are made from simple, high quality ingredients that are certified organic, vegan, gluten free, kosher, non GMO, clean, and soy free. If you have any food allergies or dietary restrictions, they have nut-free flavors and they also have FODMAP-friendly flavors. So for all of my allergy warriors like myself, they have so many different options. I also love that they are mother-daughter owned and they're based in a small rural community and their mission is to spread awareness for a balanced plant-based lifestyle, which is exactly the same mission of TBB. They are made from simple high-quality ingredients and are packed with organic gluten-free deliciousness Not only do they make delicious bars, but they also make a positive change toward a better planet. They have partnered with TerraCycle to upcycle their wrappers. So once collected, TerraCycle cleans and melts the wrappers into hard plastic that can be remodeled to make new products, ranging from outdoor items to park benches and picnic tables to reusable items. And I think that is so cool. They also just launched two new mouthwatering flavors, salted caramel and chocolate chip. And they also have cinnamon roll kids bars. So to get your hands on these two new delicious flavors, go to gomacro.com and use the promo code BLONDE for 30% off plus free shipping on all orders over $50. Enjoy. Can't wait to hear what you think. Mm-hmm. I love it because I love the element of how much it focuses on yourself and the one, the connection that we have with the creator and all of that with the duality that exists in Kabbalah, I find really interesting. So also it's it's rooted in Jewish mysticism, correct? So what are the crossovers between Judaism?
1: Well, and it it's interesting because if you just read the Bible, right, it, it's very, it's very confusing because, you know, you read about rape and murder and you're like, okay, what, how do we apply this to our lives? Like, what is the purpose? And what I love about Kabbalah is it tells you the why behind it. It's basically, it decodes the Bible and it tells you the why, the meanings behind it and what we're supposed to learn from it, how we're supposed to apply it to our lives. And that is tremendous. I mean, that it's such a, a wealth of information, it would take a person a lifetime to study it. And you'd still have so much more to learn. So you're forever a student. And I think that's a really healthy reminder too.
0: Mm -hmm. And were you a religious person before you found
1: Kabbalah? No, 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 not at all. And I wouldn't define myself as a religious person now. I, I practice Kabbalah. And I think that religion can be dangerous because you can get stuck in that that mindset of right and wrong, and there's room for judgment even in it. I think it's really to look past and, and constantly, okay, what, what is the real meaning behind this, right? Because you're always, when you're studying Kabbalah, you're always looking to, well, what does this really mean? Let's unpack that. Let's decode it. What's the hidden message in there? And it's very, very applicable.
0: Mm-hmm. So then would you consider yourself a spiritual person rather yes. than a religious? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That's how I feel too. I grew up Jewish, just for some context. You, you don't yeah. look like Jewish at <laughs> all. Like, I know. I am. with like the uh, brightest, prettiest blue mm-hmm. eyes. And yeah. Thank you. I know my mother-in-law, who is very Jewish. My husband, you know, like raised very Jewish. She, when we first started dating me and Jonathan, he told his mom, I have his girlfriend, Jordan. And she'd seen pictures of me. And she said, would, would she convert oh, to Judaism? And he said, because this is just kind of his humor. He's like, No. You know, with no explanation, sure. and she was like, "Why? Why not?" And he said, "Because she's already Jewish." That's so funny. I would and, never guess. Yeah, and she went and called all of her sisters, and she was just very excited. So
1: yeah, I had a was he exam. raised? <laughs> mm-hmm. do was he raised religious?
0: More so, I I guess like the traditions, more so, and the the community aspect and the family aspect. His mother was raised Orthodox, mm-hmm. and her family was in the Holocaust, oh. so she has a big history there, but. I wouldn't say super religious, just spiritual and like heritage, like roots. It, that's what was important to her. Right. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So you were, you were raised Jewish as Yes. Well. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Although I was born in Thibodaux, Louisiana, lived in New Orleans, went to an all girl private Catholic school for a while. Oh, wow. Um, because we were in the South and it was a great school, I guess. Yeah. You know, we'd go to school, we'd go to, temple for Shoshana for the high holidays. And that was about it, mm-hmm. but without Same. any understanding of it. And I think that's why when I found Kabbalah, I finally had the answers to the why's of life. You know, why are we here? What is our purpose? I remember as a kid, I did feel very connected to God. I felt, and I used to have tea parties with God. Like really, I, I remember that at age four or five, I'd be sitting on the floor and, you know, I'd, I'd have my tea with milk and sugar and God would have his tea black. And it's just like that I, I felt so safe. I felt such a sense of belonging. And then through years, you know, when I was a teenager in the high school years, I think it's easy to lose yourself. I felt very far from me, my soul aspect. And of course, I couldn't articulate it at the time that way. And then I looked around at the adults around me and everybody was struggling. I mean, they still hadn't found purpose and the whys and the meanings. And I couldn't get any answers to the questions. Why is there suffering? You know, is there reincarnation? What's the purpose of death? So I felt very scared and I felt very lost. And then when I found this wisdom, it was like every single question, everything, I, there was an answer. And then, of course, when you go through life and things happen, I also then understood why it happened. So I mm-hmm. didn't feel, I didn't feel like a victim. I didn't feel like I was meant to suffer. I was like, okay, there's a purpose for this. It's my responsibility to discover what that is.
0: Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So in that case, I do have a lot of questions because I, I have those questions. I know my audience does too. According to Kabbalah, what is the meaning of life? Why are we here?
1: So we're meant to leave this world differently than how we came into it. And there's something called tikkun, which is correction. And it means that in your life, you're going to be given a lot of opportunities to correct things that your soul came here to correct. I mean, according to Kabbalah, that's the purpose of reincarnation. It's the soul comes back, chooses to come back to be able to elevate sparks of their soul that they weren't able to in a prior incarnation. And there's different levels. If you look at a soul like Hitler, or you look at a soul like Mother Teresa, you know, every soul has a different process and therefore their life will look very different, right? And we're given a series of choices because we have free will to make positive choices or negative. And the more positive choices that you make, you basically peel back the layers of the shell of ego that we cover ourselves with. And the more a person acts with selfishness and desire to receive for the self alone, you cover the, you know, imagine you have a light bulb and I put a blanket over it and I put another one, another one. It's just layers after layers. Or if you think of an onion, right, you have to peel each and every layer. And that is the purpose of our life. So it's about really living a life where you are making consistent choices where you're removing the ego and instead of your desire to see for the self alone which we all have to different degrees you convert it and transform it to the desire to receive for the sake of sharing and that process is really our purpose in this life but what happens is we get very stuck in the process why did this happen to me i don't deserve this and we get we you know it's not that we don't have enough time in this lifetime it's just that we spend it in the wrong kinds of ways So it's that, it's that understanding, really. I love that.
0: That's like kind of what I've come to myself on my own personal journey. And I love that it's echoed in these wise teachings ancient ancient wisdom. Yeah, that makes me feel really good. And then death, I know reincarnation is is a belief in Kabbalah. Is it just like, how many times are we to reincarnate? Do we ever evolve past this earth? What does that look like?
1: Yes, certain souls do, but it... You know, if we look at the whole of humanity today, (sighs) some of us aren't doing such a great job. I mean, the world's a little scary right now, right? So that's up to each person. And of course, it depends on what kind of life you live and what kind of choices you make day to day. And that's really the struggle. It's not easy to make those kinds of choices day in and day out. Mm -hmm. It gets easier the more you do it and you you surround yourself with people who are also motivated by change and growth. And, you know, it's really important to choose an environment that supports where you want to go because we are all influenced by our environment, whether we like it or not. And also I've really seen death differently in the last two years. I have a different understanding of it. I'm actually working on my third book, which is going to, it's going to include, it's about change. It was only about change, but now it's also going to be about grief and loss. And I was there when both my mother-in-law and my father passed away. And I was there for the transition and there, you could see the souls leaving. And What I've come to understand about death is that, I mean, we can't understand it in our physical bodies. We simply can't. But I don't see it as death anymore. I see it as the next level of soul. And for the soul to get to that level, it just doesn't need the body anymore. And it just reframed what death is for me and understand it in a different way.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. Do you communicate with your father and your mother-in-law?
1: I do. I do. They come a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think your listeners aren't going to think this is weird. I think they no, We
0: talk all about <laughs> stuff.
1: Yeah, they, they both do. And sometimes I'll have different encounters where I'll meet a medium. And it's not even something that I seek out. Like, it's kind of like they find me because I really want to have my own connection to the creator. So I want to be able to channel that myself. But if it happens that I meet upon somebody, and that's meant to be as well. And I, I actually had a reading with this woman. Recently, and it was really profound. I'll give you one small part of it, but she said, and my father was sick for many years. He had a cognitive decline for seven or eight years prior to his passing. So I had many different relationships with him in those years because he was always changing in ways that would be scary if I had not seen it in a different way. I chose to connect with him wherever he was at. If he was silly, and he would speak in a made-up language, I would be silly with him because he was not that kind of person. He was very stern and very serious his whole life. If he was emotional, I would meet him wherever he was. And I and I appreciated that opportunity. And so after he passed, when I would be driving, let's say in nature, if I'm in Connecticut and a breeze would come in through the window, I could feel him because he would enjoy that. Like it's in times where he'd really enjoy something I'm doing today. And he comes across like a, just a breeze. And the way that I vision him is how he was when he was like 35, 40, very healthy, younger. I was like seven. He was strong and he was following his passion, his career. And so when she was working with me, she starts describing that version of him. And she had no idea, right? She's like, oh, you know, is your, you're going to a gravesite soon. Is something happening? I said, yeah, my father is getting his tombstone actually in a few days because she saw all of that. It's right? like, well, he's here right now. And then she explains exactly like what he was wearing, how I visioned him. And then she says, I taste something because that's how she works. She's called the Eagle Woman and she she's really special. She's Native American and she knows what she's doing. But she's like, I'm I'm tasting a popsicle. Who would eat popsicles? It's like an orange flavor. And I'm like, I would. And so that time when my father was that age, I was like living on popsicles. It was summer. Like it's, that's the vision I had. So she had everything in full form. So he comes in those ways where he's just reminding me that he's whole and he's, and he's healthy. He's not, you know, he's not sick. Because I think that when people pass, we remember them as they were when they passed. And we forget about the lifetime that they had and what they offered and how they showed up in different ways for us and for themselves. And that, their soul now is not with the disease either anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's been, yeah, it's been profound.
0: That's so profound and so beautiful. I love that so much. And yeah, my audience is right there with you. (laughs) Half the time I'm channeling, you know, on this podcast because that's just kind of what we do. And I was going to tell you before, because now that I know like how open you are to this stuff, I, so I'll, I'll see souls coming through people's faces. Sometimes it's like their loved ones or their past lives or just kind of their higher soul. I see it the most with people who are really work on themselves spiritually. Your face is shape-shifting so much. (laughs) It's really beautiful. So thank Thank you you for just, yeah, showing up with that open energy.
1: I'm seeing a lot right now. Yeah. I mean, that's why when you asked me about my sign all that, I feel, you know, it's, it feels, I don't want to say uncomfortable. It just feels like Virgos are very grounded normally. Right. And I just don't feel like that ever. Like that saying, like, I can't find my footing, which again, the irony of the tendon and not being able to walk for so long, right. like I only started walking and three months ago, again, after the whole, the whole thing. So wow. that amount of change, it's, it's, I'd be scared if I wasn't, you know, I know what's right. happening. Right. Mm-hmm. But it just, it feels very foreign in a way, very fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I feel a grounded energy from you, which is good because I'm all air in my chart. <laughs> so, like, I walked in here and I, I can be like not even in my body, but you are. You do have a grounded presence,
1: which I is do, really nice. But in my, yeah, you would never know, right? right? I'm but just sharing with you. you feel. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Do you know your Moon and your Rising sign? Mm-hmm.
1: My Rising is uh, Scorpio, mm-hmm. and my Moon is Cancer. Oh, I'm a Cancer Moon.
0: Oh, you are? Yeah. And so is my son. And ah. he's a Scorpio rising. Like so you my daughter's too. a rising
1: Scorpio too.
0: So what what can I expect with him? Like, I, I don't have any Scorpio in my chart. So... What's his birth sign?
1: He's a Sagittarius. Sag. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Sag and, and Scorpio are kind of opposite. Sag is really light and curious and not as emotionally expressive. Scorpio... I mean, I think that, I think it's great to have Rising Scorpio. I think that it's, you know, they're very much loyal, family oriented, but the parts I think just to be aware of is when they get upset, they can, you know, strike back and kind of hurt intentionally. And also fear can be a big thing. You know, mm-hmm. fear can come up a lot. And also when things are bad or dark, like Everything seems that way for a minute, you know? And I don't get like that often, but my fun, my husband makes fun of me. Like, if I'm like upset about something and then I'm like, and this and that, and this happened, and, and but like he's like Monica. And I may, we make fun of it because I'm not even like I don't go there, but like I can create that list. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Because you guys are deep and you have that like transformative quality that Scorpios have. Yeah, I is, think
1: it's a great sign. If I it's do so. if it's It just has to be directed and the person has to be Mm -hmm. spiritual, quite honestly. But you could say that about any sign, really, right?
0: Yeah, it's so true. And what sign is your husband?
1: He's a cusp Gemini Cancer.
0: Oh, so is he like June 22nd or something?
1: June
0: 29th. Oh, Oh, I see. Okay, okay. Wow. Yeah, he's awesome. I love Geminis and Cancer.
1: You know, all my best friends, women, all of them, like Gemini, That energy and two of my daughters, I have four kids, two boys, two girls. Both of them are Geminis. My best friends are Gemini. Like everybody that I work out with and work out well with Gemini. Like, it's just like, I love that energy. They're very smart and they're very curious and I'm very attracted to that.
0: Mm -hmm. They have phenomenal energy. Mm -hmm. I was reading that on your blog. I was just reading like a bunch of your recent blog posts. I loved everything that you said about Gemini season and what a good time it is for us To make change, so here we are making changes and also manifesting things and kind of just getting that fresh energy going. I love, and I also have a ton of Gemini's in my family, so I have that in common with you. And all of my friends are cancers. Oh, really? Which is what my mom is, and like a lot of my friends. So your
1: birth sign is
0: a Libra. Libra. I'm October 11th, so Libra all the way. I even have a Libra tattoo. Oh, you do? Mm -hmm. Which I got when I was very young. I mean, I was 21. I barely even knew what it all meant, but I just knew I love this. I relate to this. (laughs) And since then, I've gotten so into astrology, which is something I wanted to talk to you about because Kabbalistic astrology fascinates me. I hear about it from Jenna all the time. What's the link between astrology and Kabbalah and, and why are they so intertwined?
1: Well, it's, it's been very, you know, it's based on the lunar cycle and kabbalists have been using it forever as a way to be able to navigate to make choices to be directed about when it's a good time to do something when it's a negative time positive time like there's all it's kind of like a a big tool and a map and a guide to help direct make the right decisions personally and also in a bigger way mm-hmm. it's definitely helped me with parenting for yeah. sure because you know you can't. I see some parents try to parent every child the same way. It's never going to work. Mm-hmm. They're going to respond differently, and I think it also is very, very helpful with relationships as well.
0: I think so too. Absolutely. So, what are the different ways that you kind of use that in relationships?
1: With my husband, knowing that I mean, he's so different than we. We're going on 25 years in August. That's huge. Yeah. So we've really grown up together. I would say just knowing the way that he's, that he came into those, how he did and how he's made up. I really used it to help me be informed on how to respond to him and when he can hear me and how he can hear me. And till we found a style that worked for both of us. So I think it's just like a, it's a really great way to, to start a relationship, understand how to navigate through that. But then Ultimately, you want to build skills and tools and grow together, so that again, you don't even really need that. But I think at a starting point, it's very important.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Fire sign is very different than an air sign or water, or earth. It's so very true.
1: Yeah, and some are more emotional and sensitive. Mm-hmm. A moon in Cancer can be yeah. very sensitive. Oh, yes. Very emotional. I had to work really hard to be able to to change that. To not take things mm-hmm. personally, not think it's about me and I mean, there was a lot of growth there. I mean, I was very, very different.
0: I'm with you, but I'm still learning because I do take everything personally, but that's my biggest work. When I don't take things personally, I'm so much happier and so much more free. So when I talk to God and I pray and I meditate and do all my things, I just pray for freedom from that. Like not everything is about me. And I know that, but I'm so sensitive and I do get, pretty easily. So what are some tools that have worked for you?
1: I think the biggest one was I shifted and changed my expectation of what I thought people should offer me, especially, believe it or not, my closest friends. I redefined what a best friend looks like or what friendships look like. I got really clear on what I think a relationship is and what the give and take is. And so one was really, that was the primary. The second was that even if you change your expectations, it doesn't mean that I have to change the way I offer love or the way I connect to people, right? So I separated the external from the internal. And so, and I also am very clear, there will be people who may not like me or that will judge me or that will speak ill of me. And that's just part of life. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad person or I'm doing it wrong. I really, I see, I I really got very clear on this is what life is about. This is part of life. And if you're doing big things in the world, you should expect more people to talk about you for good and for bad. Mm-hmm. So then it didn't become about me. It's like, it doesn't even affect me anymore because it's just really, it's, it is what it is. It's just not about me. Right. And there are other times where you'll get feedback that I think is important to hear and you'll be able to hear it if you're not emotional about it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I hear something, I'm like, okay, let me think, is there any truth in there? Even if it hurt a little bit. And then it just hurts less and less. And now it's just not even, you know, because I I really tried living my life like that, where everybody was happy with me, that I pleased everybody, that I didn't make a mistake. And I was miserable and it's impossible. And the harder I tried, the worse it was. So it's like, I'm damned if I do, I'm damned if I don't, and I'm going to choose me. And in choosing me, it really allowed that space for kindness and compassion. And when you are there, you really can't go to that other space of, of even getting hurt. I, by by those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, I think. Because it's hard to do, but it's doable mm-hmm. if you devote, if you have to make a decision.
0: Right. Well, it give, it frees up a lot of space mentally and physically, that's for sure. And I keep saying, I think I said this on my first episode back, my solo episode, becoming a mother has really made it easier for me to not care what people think or what people say or I just don't have as much time
1: to and care also or think about it or gonna, the bandwidth. The more your life expands, the more feedback you're going to get. So now you now started a whole nother chapter of your life. And there's going to be more people that you meet just from that experience, right? You're going to meet with teachers and principals and other mothers. And you're going to get even more information and more feedback. And people are going to tell you they're doing it right or not. Most of the time, it's about their own feelings. You know, it's like when we walk in a room and let's say that, I was really struggling with something and I'm thinking, oh my God, everybody can see this because I feel it so completely. It must be. But you know, the truth of the matter is that, that other person has the same thoughts about themselves, right? whatever they're going through. And I think everybody's looking at that. I mean, we're all in the middle of a process. We're all doing our best for the most part and life is messy. And so if you just completely accept that that, and you accept your yourself in that way, it takes, it drowns out all the other noise, including things that might hurt you. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I'm going to channel my inner Monica next time I get my feelings hurt and I feel in that cancer moon vibe because I think that's powerful. It really is. And And it also opens you up, I would say, to more expansion and to doing bigger things in the world. And I mean, it holds, well, you wrote a book called Fear is Not an Option. I was just about to say fear is the ultimate thing, I think, that holds us back from being big in the
1: world. Exactly. Fear of rejection, fear of being ostracized. Mm -hmm. And these fears, a lot of them are because when we were hunters and gatherers, we needed that fear. We couldn't survive out on our own, right? We needed to be part of a group. We needed to be liked and accepted because we would literally die if we were left to our our own devices, right? On our own. But that's not the world today. So that you're just running on really old software. And I think that next time your feelings are hurt, just pause and say, you know, why is this really bothering me? Is it who said it? Is it because it's a little bit true? Is it because I expected more from them? Is it because I don't like looking weak? Find out where, because it's all just ego at the end of it, right? That's what it comes down to. And then once you identify it, so you can say, okay, here's a great opportunity for me to change that aspect of myself. And now what do I want to do with my feelings about that person, right? You just become very, it's almost like you go out of your body and you become somebody who inspects, you're, you're, you're an outside person looking in over you. Sometimes mm-hmm. like imagine like you're flying over this room above us and you're looking down, and you're able to see it very much strategically, non-emotionally. And from that space, you can make much better choices.
0: Yeah. I love that. I, I think that sounds like such an elevated way to do things.
1: It's so helpful and yeah. it's so freeing.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's living in our highest self, our highest vibration. When I'm feeling really good post meditation or just having a great day, I feel like I can do that so much easier. So, I mean. And if you're not having
1: a great day, right? And you're really struggling, you know what? So you can also say, I recognize that emotion. I'm just not going to deal with it right now because I'm Mm -hmm. too tired. I don't have the time. I'm going to revisit this later. And you Mm -hmm. just move it aside. So it doesn't even have to become all consuming.
0: No, it's very powerful. I really am going to think so much more about this. Something else I wanted to talk to you about that I think is so inspiring about you and your family is your son who was born with Down syndrome and he's thriving in Mm -hmm. life. I I heard a lot more about him from Jenna too, but but you talk about that because I know as as a mother and you were, you know, a young new mother at the time, to receive that news might not have felt incredible in the moment, but you made such a good situation out of it. So share with us.
1: That's my second son, Joshua. And I always say that he is my greatest teacher And again, that's where Kabbalah is so necessary and helpful. And that I really understood that he came into my life to teach me something very specific. And I do believe that his soul chose to come in that body for his own process. He is the most kind, beautiful soul really ever. I mean, he moves me to tears with his kindness. Like if he had a plate of food and he was starving... And you came over and he saw that you were hungry. He would give it to you without even, I mean, just like unbelievable. But when he was diagnosed, it was just three hours after I had given birth. And so it was a C-section. It was an emergency C-section. I was shocked and I was terrified. And I felt full of shame. I felt like my body had abandoned me. I felt like I was not capable of raising a child with Down syndrome and it also plugged into my greatest fear which was fear of anything mental meaning that my uncle became schizophrenic when i was 8 and it seemed in my 8 year old eyes like it happened overnight and he was very volatile and angry and scary and so i remember when josh was born i was like why did it have to be something that affected his mind because i just felt like i couldn't connect and then i had i was very anxious i had i'm not an anxious person I had my second anxiety attack, but this one lasted for quite some time, like a month. And in that month, I remember I had so many thoughts and so many feelings. And I went and I met with different families who had either had a child with Down syndrome and gave the child up for adoption or had adopted children with Down syndrome. It was such a great opportunity, honestly, because I was able to go into people's houses. They were so kind. And I became a more empathetic person. I became somebody. And I remember thinking that this is affecting me this way, as spiritual as I thought I was. Then I was like, Monica, it's so clear. You have so much more work to do. And I decided after a month that, and I knew that he was a great blessing and that, you know, most people, find out about people's quirks or idiosyncrasies later in life, right? We, we normally have a child that's healthy and typical and they're everything. And we don't realize until they're like 18 that they're actually flawed in some way or, you know, nobody's perfect. And I just happened to find out about Josh's differences on the day he was born, but I had lifetime to discover his gifts. And that was really, it changed the way that I saw everything and the way that I approached everything and the way that I received everything good and bad, and really to really challenge fear. It just, it changed me so completely and wholly. I don't know who I'd be if not for him. And even our marriage. I mean, you know, most couples break up when they have a child with a, with a disability. It creates a lot of stress and tension. And for us, it made us closer in a way that we never could have been. We were vulnerable in a way we had never been. Nor There's no way we would have gone to that place.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. And now he's a personal trainer, right? He wants to be. Yeah, he wants to be a personal trainer. My
1: my older son was, so Uh he like, he worships him. And I I do, he wants to be. And he's very fit. He's Mm -hmm. very athletic. And I want to create, I mean, I don't know. I I have so many ideas and I'm like always doing something else. This is like, he wants to open a gym one day. And Mm -hmm. I think it could be great if there could be a gym where you have typical people training with people who are not and they help each other and, you know, to I give that, that kind of opportunity. So that's kind of the big picture mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens. But that's he's starting hes starting college, actually, he in is? the fall. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that's huge. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. Where's he going? Yeshiva University, YU. That's incredible. Yeah. And he, you know, he talks about getting married all the time. Mm-hmm. And he asked me if he thinks, that if I think he can. I said, I think you can do anything you want. Yeah. I really do. Absolutely. And he's a profound channel. I mean, he, he says things that, I mean, I'll give you an example. One day he said, I want to be on a basketball team. Do you think I can be a professional basketball player? And I said, Josh, I think it's possible. I think you can do anything you put your mind to. And he says, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, well, I am grown up. And he's like, so what are you? And I heard it as, yeah, what are you, Monica? Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are you doing? And who are you? Uh-huh. Right. So he says these things. We well, have another friend who is very tall and, and he's very successful. And he's got an ego to match that by his own right. admission. Mm-hmm. Right. And he believes that Josh channels things. So one day he came over to Josh, like, you have a message for me. And so Josh looks at him and he says, make yourself smaller so people can hug you. And we all looked at each oh other because we knew he wasn't talking about his height, right? you know, and like chills. Yeah.
0: Whoa.
1: So that kind of thing.
0: It's So beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to meet Josh and get a message. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like, oh, my God, he has an incredible life ahead of him. And he's so lucky to have you as his family, your
1: mm-hmm. whole family.
0: And how has that been for your other kids, the siblings? Like, did they grow up faster, as they say, or just? Have more It's compassion. a great question.
1: We never told them that he had Down syndrome. Wow. And we didn't raise him any differently than we raised our other children or are raising them. I remember our oldest child, David, when he was about 10 or 11, he asked the question. He's like, how come Josh has trouble with certain things or why is he a little bit different? And I said, well, everybody's, everybody's different. I said, you know, he's better at basketball and you're better at math. Or you're better. And I gave these kinds of examples. So, you know, and I, but then we said, you know, he does, he has Down syndrome. And, you know, it was just, at that point, it was just information. It didn't change anything because they just knew Josh as Josh. That's how they always knew him. But I think that now that they're older, I think it's made them much more empathetic and compassionate and accepting people.
0: Mm-hmm. I bet.
1: So I'm really proud of all of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, it is a gift. He sounds like such a gift in the whole family. So beautiful. Yeah. And did that experience with him inspire you to write this children's book that you were telling me about?
1: Well, it's interesting because we have a, my, well, all my kids inspire me. I've always said, I mean, everything in life inspires me. You see, I'm an open book. I write about every single experience and I have no, like, it doesn't even feel like a vulnerability to me. It feels necessary because I think that that gives people permission to live their lives and own every part of themselves and not have to feel shame or hide any aspect of themselves. You know, I grew up in a home. There was a lot of shame, blame, guilt. We're Middle Eastern. It's very much part of the culture, I think. I worked really hard to never have those emotions and I never do anymore. And my kids, I can say, never feel that. They don't even know what those emotions are because they've not been raised in a house that has that, right? With my youngest daughter, Abigail, she's 29, just turned nine and she got diagnosed with dyslexia. And so I had already written the, bu- the second book, which is, well, it's a working title. Kindness is super powerful, but I wanted to make it a little bit more interesting. And that's about Josh. So that was the first book. I do this all the time. My first book that I wrote was Rethink Love, actually. But then I wrote Fears Not an Option in eight months and put that out first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, you know, it's a creative process. Yeah. And then I wrote the first book, The Gift of Being Different, which comes out in the fall, because when Abigail got diagnosed, it was, she's, She's really smart, but she couldn't do a lot of things that she should be able to, but her critical thinking was off the charts. They really couldn't, they didn't know what was going on. So when we discovered what it was, I didn't, I had just found out and we came back to LA because my mother-in-law was was dying and we wanted to be around her as much as possible. And so I was like, I'm not going to tell her yet. I have to figure out how to tell her. I want to, you know, study this a little bit more myself to understand how her mind operates and how she learns. And before I could actually have that conversation, I was getting out of the shower and I'm like rushing to dinner. And I was like, and she comes to me as she's brushing her teeth. And she's like, do I need so much help, extra help because I'm stupid? I was like, everything's stopping right now. I don't care. I have no dinner. I'm like, I don't care what I'm late for. I sat with her on the bed and we had this whole conversation. And that became the book. Like I wrote that book in an hour, you know, because it just, I felt it so completely. It was so clear. And so that, and that really sets up the tone for all of the other books, which basically is, your differences, the things that you feel shame about or that you feel that you need to hide because people won't love you is really your superpower. And you, if you can own that and understand that your uniqueness is your gift and your beauty, then you can live the life that you're destined to live. So that's what all the books are about. And then the second book then talks about, and she talks about Josh, that you know he's her best friend and he's super sparkly all the time in the first book. And so then we go into the second one and the whole premise there is that you know, what comes naturally to all of us, right? Like driving a car, tying our shoes, living independently does not for him, right? And you can look at that as some kind of tragic reality, or you can understand that maybe we have it all backwards because the thing that comes so naturally to him is kindness. And we have to work really, really hard. First of all, some of us don't even desire to be that person, right? But we have to work really hard to behave in that way. And for him, that's completely just who he is. So it's about how, kindness. At first it was called kindness is contagious. And then COVID came. Like, I don't want that word. (laughs) We don't want anything to be
0: contagious. (laughs) No.
1: But basically you can catch a case of kindness if you're around somebody like that, or you mirror that. And so Abigail's kind of watching him in that book. She's the narrator of all of them and saying that, you know, she wants to, and then something happens in her life. And she's like, I want to be more like Josh, you know?
0: Yeah. How cool is that? I'm so excited that you're writing all these. I can't wait to read them to my son.
1: Yes. Yes. I'm very excited. And I feel... Funnily enough, of all the things they've done, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of everything, but this is this is different. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe because it's it's so, I'm, we're all the illustrations, it's our faces, it looks like us.
0: That's so special. So it's an
1: ode to all of my mm-hmm. kids.
0: I love that. I'm inspired. I'm inspired as a writer too, because I'm always writing multiple things at once and changing, you know, the order of when things are going to come out. I relate to you so much with that for sure. And it sounds like you're a channel as well. It just comes right through.
1: Yeah, I think that if you're asking every day to be guided and you live your life with intention and you're clear about what that is and you're not set on the outcome, but you're there because you know the process is the more important part, then you will get all the information you need. You'll be able to hear it. You'll understand it. You'll have clarity. Mm -hmm. If everybody has the ability to live like that, right? You have to, of course, make the choice and be dedicated to it. But the problem is, people have made the external voice so much louder. You know, what do people think? What are they saying? What do they want me to do? What do they think I should do? What does the professional or the expert think that you can't even hear the voice anymore? You can't even have access to that. So, of course, people will feel confused and yeah. feel sad or, or lack because you've shut off the most important part of yourself.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. Wow. So you're so accomplished. You've done so many things. What is your daily routine? Like, What do you do every day?
1: A lot. I'm trying to find the balance again. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you actually, because Libras usually have a problem with balance. We is do. that why you call it the balanced blonde? I mean, I think I just put that together yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> it,
0: it, the balanced blonde has so many meanings. And of course, like it just, it wasn't even intentional with the Libra thing. But of course, it's all so interconnected. Yes
1: and thank you for the compliment, but I don't ever feel like I've arrived anywhere. Like I don't, for good or for bad, I'm trying to actually celebrate after each thing that I have accomplished. I think that's really important and it has to be rooted in appreciation and gratitude, but it's not natural for me either. It's kind of like, okay, next. Okay. What's next? And I think I recognized that that came from my father, in my opinion, running out of time and not fulfilling, you know, he had, papers left unwritten or half written on his desk. It was like time froze for him, you know, when he got sick. And I think, yes, that can be a great motivation, but you have to be careful that that's not, you know, it can't be that you're rushing through life and racing against time either. Right. I'm really trying to slow things down. And, you know, every morning when I wake up, I say my prayers. I have a meditation of gratitude. I have my favorite thing a cup of coffee i have one in the morning only my favorite thing oh, too it's the like best best. Mm-hmm. best it is i get my kids situated their breakfast their lunch connect with them and then i work and then i work out that's a big part of my my feeling balanced and then i meet with people and connect with them and guide them and then writing so that whole thing will change depending on the day, how much time Mm -hmm. I can devote to each thing. And more than anything, I really try to be flexible throughout the day that, you know, it's interesting because I've trained myself so much that when things change, like I looked at my phone today, I'm like, okay, is this on? Is it not? Like, I'm so used to things. I'm just, I'm not married to anything. You want to be equal parts, goal oriented, but also flexible. So Mm -hmm. I remember something came up recently and I was, Oh, I was supposed to have an appointment and then I was, I was in the middle of a meeting and I see like, they're trying to call me and right away I'm like, oh, maybe they're canceling it. Okay. So if it's canceled, I'm, I'm already planning, like it's automatic. Mm-hmm. I don't even have a feeling anymore about the change, right? which is really strong. So yeah, I think that that's a big part of my day is just practicing, being, anticipating, experiencing, looking for ways to change.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why you're wearing a change necklace. Yes. You're the ultimate with that and flexibility, which I think is so
1: important. Yeah, it allows for a happier life. For yeah, sure.
0: it does. So I want to ask you some of the rapid fire questions that I ask everyone. These are new ones because this is like a new season in life. I used to do the same ones for like five years. And then I realized, no,
1: I want to make these deeper. Good. And, different. and I'm so, so happy to be here. Part of your change and I your know. newness. It's you great.
0: are, yeah, one of the first in this whole new season. I don't even know what season to call it because like, season one, quote unquote, was like four years long. And then I took like the tiniest break because I was really sick. And then I had a sort of a season two, I guess you could say, but it's more of like, I've changed so much in each of those seasons. So this is kind of season three, but who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I also call it like 7.0 because (laughs) that's what it feels like. Just so many shifts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy that you're here too. If you weren't doing what you do now with the Kabbalah Center and being a writer and a mom, what would you be doing?
1: That's interesting. There's nothing else that I'd want to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'd be doing differently. I'd probably be living somewhere else. Yeah. (laughs) I'd probably be more selfish. I'd be be living somewhere in nature and much more active throughout the day, like constantly moving and something probably with fitness and exercise. Mm -hmm. I love that. What's your favorite kind of exercise? Dance. I was a marathon runner and it was those years where I had an eating disorder and I had, I was just always running something off. You know, I could mm-hmm. run and run and run until I felt nothing. Mm-hmm. And then thank God I got tools and I was like, there's a better way. Yeah. And I don't need to do this to myself. And I learned to love myself. And then running didn't feel so great anymore. It started yeah. to feel like it was working against me. So I remember one day thinking, well, what do kids do? Like, They're always having fun. I'm like, dance. I love dancing. I've always been a dancer and muscular. I like to push my body to... Feel extreme things because I think you know everything's body, mind, and spirit.
0: Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Yeah, I relate to that. I used to do marathons as well. Really? Well, in fact, I only did one marathon, but I was a big half marathon person. That marathon, man, that is like a lot on the body. It is. It's a huge accomplishment. I'm happy that I did it, but I'm yeah. Totally and with some you. people
1: can do you know mm-hmm. so many forty marathons, fifty. I think it's easier for men men's bodies but other you know my body is just not made up to do that for life
0: <laughs> I'm with you every body is different yeah. and yeah my husband does Ironman oh so wow he does like the swimming the biking the running it's so That's great. next level but yeah, yeah he's built for it right. he really is and he loves it who do you look to for inspiration
1: many I think that the world is your teacher I mean honestly I learned things from every single person, even, you know, a server. I remember like, I can tell you many stories from people across the world. I would say personally, like up close and personal, my husband.
0: Oh, cool. You guys seem to have such a special relationship.
1: We do. In the
0: future, we can have you both on and we can have my husband here. Oh, that would be fun. I think that would be so
1: fun. Let's do that.
0: Yeah. I was listening to your podcast with your husband this morning and the way that you guys co-host. And I was like, we have fun together. Yeah. Yeah, he's funny. I like it. I really like the dynamic. If you could teach the entire world just one concept, what would it be?
1: I would say just knock off all that judgment, you know, really just practice benefit of the doubt and try to find ways where we're alike rather than different. As I think that it's kind of set up the other way.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. What's your favorite number if you have one and why?
1: I would say seven, but I'm not really I'm not really sure why. I mean, seven's a significant number in Kabbalah. There's the seven spherot, like emanations, levels of wisdom. Uh, And I also think I really liked age seven. I liked being seven. I don't know. I was very, I felt very secure and happy Mm -hmm. at that age. And then there was a lot of change right after that wasn't so great. So maybe that's why too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a good number. What life lesson did you learn the hard way? Self-love. If you could choose three living people to be in a room with right now, who would they be? Living people? Yeah. That's a good question.
1: I know. <laughs>
0: These are not meant to be easy.
1: I'm trying to think about who's inspiring me now, but it's, you know, funnily enough, I'm inspired by a lot of people who've passed. Isn't that interesting? I don't know yeah. why. But you can, you can switch it up. You can tell me
0: three people who I'll just passed. tell you three people, some yeah. living,
1: some not. David Foster Wallace is
0: mm-hmm. a great
1: writer. I just loved his mind. He ended up committing suicide, but I would like to be in a room with him. I've always wanted to meet Oprah and connect with her and talk with her, funnily enough. And the third, my father.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Remind me, I know I love David Foster Wallace, but what did he write? Why can't I think of it? What is then one of his books or something?
1: He wrote a few. I think the one that I love the most was based on his commencement speech. Right. I think that's it's Like Water, thinking. I think like it's water. called. Like yeah. Water, that's
0: what I really I have really quoted liked. him yeah. so
1: many times. He just got it spot on about mm-hmm. the purpose, why we're here, what's important. There's one section about we all worship something in life. It doesn't matter if it's Allah or... Judy he goes through all the religions. He's like, but the, the thing about worship is that don't fool yourself that you're not. You know, if you worship your body or your looks, you'll die a thousand deaths before they put you in the grave. If you worship money, you'll never have enough. You know, he goes through this whole thing. And basically it's a wake up that there's that, <laughs> you know, none of that's going to bring you happiness. Right.
0: Wow. And then he took his life. That's really sad.
1: He did. I think he was struggling with all of this. I mean, mental illness is, you know, it's its worse and worse. It's more mm-hmm. prevalent now than ever. Mm-hmm. I don't think social media helps. And I think that, and that's again, why, why do we do what we do? Is to really expand people's consciousness, to bring back the idea of community and unity and purpose and sharing and kindness and giving of yourself, right? It's, I think it's scary. The world is scary in the way that we, it's more of a selfish existence yeah, for the most part. So.
0: It is, and social media is like such an addiction too. And it's I think we used to use our minds differently in our downtime reading or just being in nature, just kind of being present. And even I find myself in my downtime, like I won't do so it much on the phone. Well, that's another thing I'm trying to break the <sighs> habit.
1: I won't do it. I honestly, I'll look at it in the morning and I'll look at it in the evening and it's really just for work. and I'll I'll scroll. There's a few people I find very inspirational. On Instagram, actually, that I I really do like, but I really all the other stuff I just I don't I don't want it I don't want to see it it brings it makes mm-hmm. it, it brings me down and I'm not a sad person.
0: Yeah. Also, my
1: kids aren't. My older daughter decided to go off social media when she was a sophomore in high school. Oh wow. Just deleted it from her phone. And never went back. And my youngest, I don't let her watch TV during the week. She can just go or any shows, you know, because if you can't do that, you're gonna look for other things to do mm-hmm. if it's not an option, right? Yeah.
0: So she gets to have like. So should, fun childhood the way that, that I, we did we had yeah. yeah exactly yeah I mean I watched TV back then but there was nothing else there I was, was watching like, Laverne
1: and Shirley and like yeah. you know
0: Happy Days uh-huh. <laughs> I know the TV shows even that I was watching they were so much more lighthearted and it's just different than everything is now we had one computer in our house and it took like Forever however to- long to boot up and I would have to go into my parents room and be like can I use the computer and it's so different now right. we have it all here on our phones what do you wish you spent more time doing five years ago?
1: Well, I try not to live in regret at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, i rather the pain of discipline than the pain of regret. So I really try to be very present in how I live. I guess maybe make more time to study, even with as much as I try to. Mm-hmm. And to write, to really carve out more time.
0: Yeah, I'm totally with you. We already talked about what is the meaning of life, which is amazing <laughs> that we actually already got to that topic and I loved what you said about that. What's one thing you can do today that you were not capable of doing a year ago?
1: I can dance again. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. You're you're feeling all healed up. That's so good.
1: Amazing. And I think also yeah, I think the the whole the whole process of of helping somebody transition and I was not that person before, you know, I was really afraid of hospitals and illness and I didn't want to see it and I didn't want to come close to it. And after being there for my father, you know, I was on a mission and I kept speaking to him because he was in and out of consciousness pretty much. And I just, you know, I kept, it was all about him. Like I'd rub his chest and I'm like, you know, you can leave. We're ready to let you go. Your brother's waiting for you. Karen, the rev, like my, my husband's parents, your parents are waiting and and go. And then this amazing miracle happened where four days before he passed, he really, he woke up like, he, have you ever seen the movie Awakenings? It was with Robert De Niro and it was about this condition that people had and they basically like were like zombies kind of, they just lost all of their life. And then they tried this drug, this trial drug, and they got, they came back, but it was not long lasting It's a very sad movie. I don't recommend it anymore, but it's, it was a really powerful movie, but he woke up like that. And suddenly he was completely aware and he's looking at me. He's making eye contact. It was like he was before the disease full on there. He responded facially his expressions to things I was saying appropriately. He would squeeze my hand when I'd ask him to, he he was communicating completely. And one of my sisters was there and she saw it. Like, I'm like, are you looking at this? And And he, you know, and I, and I think the message he gave me was, it's just all an illusion. And I thought that when he was sick, like, you know, I don't know if he's suffering to me, he looks like he's suffering Mm -hmm. because I wouldn't want that. Right. But maybe he's going in and out of his body. Maybe what he's experiencing is something completely different. Right. So I I'd say all that change. I don't think that I, I could handle the things that I know that I can now.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful. I think that's such, I mean, the fear of death and the fear of like, the loved ones that we have dying. I think that's what most people are struggling with more than anything. So that's such a comforting thing to hear. And I totally agree with you. By the way, I've, I had an experience. We have a family member who has dementia and Alzheimer's and is really not here anymore at all. And I had this very spiritual experience at one time where I kind of, at least I feel like, his soul showed me what he's seeing and where he is. And it's so light and it's so happy. And it's like almost back to his childhood. And he's great. He's in a happier place than we're in. And that was very comforting.
1: See, and I, when Mm -hmm. I started talking about this and I've written about it, you know, I'm like, and I told my sisters, I'm like, you just have to reframe because they were just, nobody was, spending time with him. I said, you have to reframe this, understand it differently, connect to him in the ways that you can. We really don't know what's going on. We don't know where he's at, mm-hmm. but perhaps it's better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reframing. Reframing is mm-hmm. also a good thing to do in these times of change. Yeah. Wow. This was so amazing. Yeah. Monica, I could talk to you about every subject under the sun. We could. Uh, yeah, we could. But I... let's do that with our husbands. I, I would love to come let's back. Let's do it. you can come on our podcast as yeah, well. Yeah, I would love that so much. Tell us where we can find you, your books, everything. If
1: there isn't an option and Rethink Club, you can find it on Amazon or Kabbalah.com. My social media is Berg 74 And check out my new book coming out, The Gift of Being Different in the Fall, in the same places, and our podcast, Spiritually Hungry.
0: So exciting. Mm-hmm. I have one more question. I I almost forgot. Do you wear the little red bracelet, the Kabbalah bracelet? Yes, I Can do. I see? Will yeah. you tell me what it means? Like, I, I should know this, but like, what is, is there a specific meaning to this? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a
1: protection against evil eye. Mm-hmm. And so the string is taken to a place in Israel, Rachel, the matriarch's tomb. And she, her energy was known to be a protection against evil eye. So it's wrapped around her tombstone and there's prayers that are said so that you have that protection around you mm-hmm. from, from yeah. people that, you know, darkness. yeah,
0: <laughs> I need to get one. Yeah, I really need to I actually used to wear one. This is so silly to say because it was had such a trendy <laughs> moment. I mean, I was like in college, but <gasps> I thought I was very cool. That's very so I've funny. always been drawn to Kabbalah, but in my more recent years have been learning
1: more about it yeah it's great Mm -hmm. yeah and learned so much from you today so thank Thank you you so much thank you so fun to meet you thanks for having me you too yeah and it was perfect timing we've been trying to do this for years years and I can definitely say that was all me
0: I was not well for so long that it was very hard for me to commit to much so this is a new era yes and I'm so happy that we did it me too thank you yay thank you Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Come say hi on Instagram at The Balance Blonde and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys.